Hey, it's the Great Debates program. Hey, guys. I'd like to begin the show. Yeah. Hey. Heels. Here we go. Ready to go. Yeah. He's got his game face on. Mm. Okay. Here's the deal. We're going to do a micro debate. I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. Healy taking the pro. Great. Rudy Giuliani knows what he's doing. Obfuscating, confusing, creating phantasms, ghosts for the media to chase over here, over there, distractions. That's what Rudy Giuliani's doing. He's doing a great job of it. It is a desperate legal strategy. It's not what you do when you're winning. But if you're Trump and maybe you know or feel that you're about to get nailed for like a bajillion D crimes that you definitely did, all you can do is get some famous guy to talk on your behalf on TV and try and confuse things and muddy the narrative. And Rudy Giuliani is doing a great job of that. It's Healy, you're so wrong about this because Rudolph Giuliani is worse than anyone else at deflecting and pivoting from the core issue. All of the sound bites that Rudolph Giuliani has given us so far have been, I had the, my facts wrong, or here's something you didn't know about Trump. It's all been about Trump and Russia. Hey, Sean Hannity, maybe you didn't even know this. And what he hasn't done is double down on the ridiculous Trump rhetoric of it's the Democrats, it's 13 Democrats, it's uh, a Demo it's Obama appointed, all of these lies and ridiculous ideas. But he's not obfuscating, he's not deflecting, he's the one who's messed up by giving more information than he was supposed to about Trump, about Russia, about phone calls, about memos. He has no idea what he's doing, he's never known what he's doing. We're talking about a guy who announced his separation from his wife in a press conference. That's not a man who knows what he's doing, that's not a man who Look, understands how to Dave, use the again, media to his uh, advantage. Okay, Dave, I'm sorry, but you are playing by rules from, like, the Victorian era. We live in an age of upside-down, crazy, backwards insanity. And Rudy Giuliani, and Giuliani is, doesn't get it. What, it He's doesn't, the one it doesn't matter. What, we're talking about him. The, the guy's career has been a wild success leading till now when he's basically says whatever he wants about the president, probably holds the president's fate in his hands. That's Giuliani. Like, the guy can't lose. He keeps winning. A insane disaster happened in his city. Two towers got destroyed, like, and he somehow turned it into, like, the biggest win of his political career. How ridiculous a claim, Healy, that somehow Giuliani, that the, that the best, you really think this is the best possible outcome for Rudolph Giuliani, is that he's Trump's attorney? This is a guy who was the front runner for president in, uh, in in past presidential elections and was a front runner for a cabinet position and the best he can do is a failed consulting job in New York and then he's Trump's personal attorney and he's like become the laughing stock and the the what do you call it the scapegoat for all of Trump's ills there's no way this is a, a win for Giuliani it's Look, this only is a guy, been downhill this is a guy. for what do these guys care about really being heard of being on television just being characters in the narrative they're like actors who don't care whether they're playing heroes or villains they just love the screen time that, you, and they're getting it trump and he, giuliani are the same kind of lizard they love 
just being a guy that people are talking about. And Giuliani has done it effectively for 30 years. He's still doing it. But he that's not Giuliani's game. That's Roger Stone's game. And it's not the game that Giuliani used to play. And it's not the game that Giuliani wants to win. Giuliani's he's an old man. What's he going to get out of this? Two more books, maybe? He's not going to be hosting a show on Fox News for more than... I mean, we're, again, we're talking about a guy who's at the end of his career. This is a guy who was prided himself on being America's mayor, not a guy who prided himself on being the, you know, a wild card who could say whatever he wants and get away with it. And I don't care if I'm the, that has never been Giuliani's take. He absolutely cares more than anything about being the hero. Guys like you don't. That's been his MO since day one and he's failing. Guys like he you has don't no get it. Idea Guys what he's like you doing. who sit on the sidelines and analyze will never understand the game. These guys are players. What did they get out of it? Playing the game. Ooh. Ah. Whoa. Hot top. Wow. <laughs> that was a good hot one. I loved it. I loved both sides <laughs> that of fun. that debate. I had fun. Man. I loved both arguments. I was really into that. There were a couple times I was like, "Dave's got my ass kicked." Oh no! <laughs> but then I think I pulled it out a lot. You pulled some. You Get pulled it out in a way. <sighs> I don't know. Did he win? Did he? Did Healy win? Or here's my take: Healy's argument way more fun, way more exciting. Dave's argument way more pragmatic, way more practical kind of convincing in a way. Did they ever in boxing or they ever like both guys won? It's great. Chick hands. Sure, they get you get ties, I think, right? I don't know. Technical you get it. I think no, like, there's oh. always points. Okay, here's my one thing though. Yeah. Dave, if you lost it, you lost it by saying maybe he gets two more books out of this. Oh. I think he knows what he's doing. He's, Interesting. It contributed to Heel's argument, kind of pushed him over a little bit. Okay. I'll let Heel. But you know only what? that. Otherwise it was pretty dead even. I I Look, I feel great about the discourse, and that's the most important thing. Healy, congrats <laughs> exactly. on the win. Well it was a win for the discourse, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Well. Good times. And we need and to... May I say happy long June to both of my code Hey, happy yes. long June. God, I've been enjoying it. Have you? Yeah, I Absolutely. love it. Have now, you guys been out there feeling the long June vibes? Oh, yeah. But it's been an intense long June, let's be honest. And I actually was wondering if we should, like... You know, sometimes people are having a tough long June or like their long June Ooh. isn't that joyful or whatever, but like they, we still want to include them in the phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, mm -hmm. Medina, you seem like you might have some takes on like, if your long June is rough and you feel like you're missing out on the long June fun times, like what's your advice? Can I tell you whenever I'm feeling like um, the goings gotten tough, I just go to gratitude, man. That I is just wow. go straight to gratitude. Oh, yeah. If I'm, give Correct. me something I can be grateful for. I don't care how big or small it is. That gets me in the right headspace. We're hella so, into this chat, aren't we? Yeah, oh, we are. So yeah, if, you're, if you're out there and having a tough long June, I would advise just go straight to gratitude. Find your way there, and, and, and you'll get out of it. Wow. Cool. Dave, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for you guys, for my friends. I'm grateful for my podcast. I'm grateful for Donut and Esther and my family. I got to hey, see do my – well, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Tell about your family. Well, I just I went home from my nephew's bar mitzvah like a couple Tell weeks ago. It was mm -hmm. just what a pleasure to see my mm -hmm. whole how mm -hmm. rare that happens. Mm -hmm. All the cousins were together. My nephew just crushed it up there. He was hysterical and he was like, really. I mean, it was like really. You know, I was like, oh, we'll just go and you know, we got to go and do this thing and it's a big Jewish thing and you know how I feel about that. 
great time. Couldn't have felt more proud and happy to be a member of my family. Just now, I mean, did talk about gratitude overflowing. Did that cause you to give any more thanks to Judaism? The, I mean, they did create this ritual that caused this to happen, right, bud? Not going to lie. Little bit of inner <laughs> conflict. What does it all mean? Some yes, rituals have yes. value. Is there a way to keep this going without the nonsense? It's a tough one. Do yes. I feel weird putting a talus on? I do, but then it's my grandfather's. It feels like a great honor. I feel connected to him. So it's a very, it's a difficult but interesting uh, experience. Wow. And yeah. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's tough. There's no easy answers here. Wow. I mean, I think you should be grateful for Judaism, if for nothing else, creating this event, right? It's built mm -hmm. into the tradition of Judaism. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm more like grateful to my sister and brother-in-law and nephew and, and niece and my parents for like doing an awesome job. So Heels, do you have a game for us? Here? I do. I prepared a host chat game that I want to uh -huh. sort of, a challenge for Dave, really, that I want okay. him to take. We've had on this show, we've had presidential challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've had uh, presidential tough impressions. But Very I thought I game. wanted to get above president to like a higher, uh, a bigger office. A higher office. Exactly. Dave, mm -hmm. you're looking, you're, a you're higher you don't look happy. I mean, you just put me on the spot with this stuff, but I do, it is fun. All right, what you do you got? You love it. What okay. is it? What are we playing? You're going to play pa Papal Challenge. <laughs> okay. You, Dave, have just been <laughs> elected the new pope. Francis okay. died. Somehow it happened. King Ralph type situation. Now you're the pope. Okay. I'm going to present you with some challenges, and I want you to respond. And you want me to just try to be a good pope, not like yes. be a contrarian jerk Dave kind of pope. I think that'll it'll be uh, more fun for you and stimulating for the listeners if you try to be within okay. work yeah, yeah. within the confines of being pope. Okay. You're a, if you got the job of pope, you'd take it seriously. You'd you'd work with. Oh, yeah, even sure. if it were a King Ralph type situation, I would take it very seriously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So, Pope Dave. Yeah. The Vatican. Pope Davis. Pope I, I'm going by Pope Davis the first. Pope Davis. Pope Davis, Heavenly Father, whatever we call you. You're the Vatican. Uh, Museum has a Donatello painting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's called The Rape of the Mermaid, and a billionaire has expressed interest in buying it for a hundred million dollars. Mm. He's announced this publicly. I want to buy this and put it in my house. And some people are like, Yeah, do it, take the money, give it to the poor. Other people are like, No, the Vatican has its treasures, you got to protect that. What do you think, Stephen? What should we do? Father, what should we do? It's a very difficult question, and it's a beautiful question. And it's a beautiful piece of art that we have, and we're, we've been lucky to have it for so long. But one of the things that we learn from the Bible, among, among the mm. other scriptures, mm. is that it's important to share artwork. And so what I would suggest uh, is, um, here's what I'd like to do. Okay. I would like to, um, so I I would like to sell this artwork, and we are okay. going to give the money to all, one of, not to charity, but we're going to use it to do our own good works that we do uh, all right. across the world. Of course, I don't have to tell you how the sort of, of stuff course. that we're doing. Of mm -hmm. course, Holy Father, how but, great the works are. 
but I'm a bit uncomfortable with simply selling the piece of art to this mm. billionaire. And so what I'd like to do is talk to, do you know who the billionaire is? Yeah, it's a Malaysian uh, casino kingpin. Okay. I would, I'd like to speak to the Malaysian casino kingpin, and what I'd like to offer to him is that while the piece of art will rest with him in perpetuity, what we're going to do is rotate this piece of art with his with his name. He's going to bequeath this to a okay. rotating group of museums Sarawak. and churches. Islam yes. Sarawak. Okay, and Mr. <laughs> Thurawak and the Catholic Church together Sarawak. Are, Sir, whatever, he and the church are going to let the piece of art rotate throughout all seven continents, believe it or not, and we're going to use it as a way of educating people about art and drawing attention to the beautiful relationship between the Catholic Church and the arts community. Wow. Okay. Uh, you put, it sounds like you put a lot of thought into that, but you didn't. I, I have. I happen to know you didn't. Okay, would you like another papal challenge? Yeah, papal I guess. I mean, what what are we doing? But sure, yes, I'll take another papal. While you're over there in Malaysia, Southeast Asia, you may want to stop into the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Because something's going on down there. Mm-hmm. In the Phil- in remote parts of the Philippine islands, they Who have these you native... in this scenario, by the way? Like, what is just... your job? You're, <laughs> oh, you're, you're right. like the papal <laughs> genie or something? Like... I'm telling you the problems. I'm like your, your briefer. You're my chief of staff or something? I'm a lowly father who briefs you on situations, and I've been assigned to tell you okay, about this okay. one, which is, right. believe me, High I'm nervous. Swiss Guard. I'm nervous as can be that okay. I have to brief the Pope. Can you believe it? All right, so there's okay. s- stuff going I'm down in the Yeah, okay, but they've got these native women that are like witch. They're somewhere between witches and like faith healers, but people really depend on them, and they've been around for a long time. But your bishop is saying these women, they're called quimbos. They're from the devil. Quimbos are from the devil. Ban all quimbos. Be rid of them. And I'm sorry, my cardinal in the Philippines is saying... Yeah, and people people are like, should the Pope put a stop to this? This is weird. He's snuffing out this indigenous religion. Where does the Catholic Church stand on mm. traditional beliefs? How are we going to play this? This is ancient, modern. It's a mm. it's an age old problem. What do you think we should do? And can I ask you, is this yeah. a, is this, just before we go into the actual yeah. answer, is this a real thing that's going on, or did you make this up? It's based on real type things, yeah. Okay, it's based on real type things. Okay. Yeah, situations like this have come up, yeah. Okay. What we need to do is, we need to, I, look, there's no other way to say this. I need to sit down with a Quimbo. And okay. we're going to have the first ever papal Quimbo conference where I am going to look into the eyes of the Quimbo. And okay, it is, I just, I, yes. I father, I do just want to tell you, like, these Quimbos are not. They can be pretty intense. I understand. I understand. Okay. But but Stephen, my yeah. my son, do yes. not understand that the only way to to get to the root of this is to speak yes. to the people themselves. I, we're not going to put ourselves in harm's way, but we're okay. going we're going to meet on a neutral turf, and I'm going to look into the eyes of the Quimbo. Here's what I want to know. Are these people of good faith or are they people of bad faith? And after my conference with them and my, my, my conversation with them, I'll be able to make a decision about the future of the Quimbo and if the Catholic Church should even take a stance on the Quimbo to begin with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool answer. 
How can you I rule guess? on something you know nothing about? That's right. But, but Deans, how do you feel Dave is doing as a pope? So far, so good. Do you want one more, Dave? Has he offended anyone here? I don't think so. I don't so. think so, no. Let's give him one more. Okay. Uh, your Holy Father, Mr. Pope, Dave? Yes, Davis? Stephen. Pope yes. Davis. Something's going on in the United States. We need a papal advice about it. Ironic teens are going to get communion, ironically. Mm. That's kind of mm. like a bit. And they'll, do it on, they'll put it on YouTube. They'll tweet it. They'll, it's like a, a fad, almost, to, to ironically get communion. Does the Pope know what a bit is? I don't know. Uh, Father, if you need me to explain what a bit is, oh. I, I brought some I, experts. I think, I've, I think I'm... I understand via the context that you've provided. It sounds oh, of course. That a bit of course. Is, I'd like you to explain of what course. a bit is. It sounds is, that just... they're doing this for a laugh. They're not true believers. Oh, they... yes. Yes. For okay. a laugh. Or for sharing. They don't laugh, these teens. They, uh, laughing. I see. That's... But it's designed to amuse or to amuse, poke fun yes. at almost. Poke the fun, yes. Poke okay. fun, poke fun. Very <laughs> much poking fun. Stephen, when one takes communion, the spirit behind their desire to do so is, I don't want to say irrelevant, but if they are, the only question is, are they Catholic? Are they allowed in the first place to take communion? And if they are, then they have every right to take communion. And when they do, that wafer will transubstantiate and it does become the body of Christ. And Jesus does not care whether they are doing this in jest or seriously. And in fact, if his word is being spread, you know, I have to tell you, Jesus had a wonderful sense of humor. It's one of the most underrated aspects of him. He did? Can Absolutely. you tell me what it is? We don't have time. We don't have time, Stephen. But of course, Father, I'll look myself. As you know, if these if these children are not of the Catholic faith, they shouldn't be taking communion. It's not something we take very seriously, but we prefer that they didn't. But if they are, then I say to them, whether it makes them laugh or whether it makes other people laugh, it doesn't matter. It's still the spirit is still there with them, Stephen. Wow. <clears throat> wow. And and I'd like to see these videos. Uh, uh, we'll show you some. Thank I'd you. love Thank to. you, Father. Yes. <laughs> we'll put together a, a, a <laughs> compilation vid yes, for I you. Would, if you could, I would love to see a sizzle reel. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Send me a link. Um, I could either... Hold on. Uh, Anthony, my Dropbox? Are you... Do you DM... Uh, can I just DM it to you? Because some of it I have only in Twitter from... I... You, I'm still on iOS 10. I'm not sure okay. if that's an issue or uh, not. We'll so I'll sort it out with your secretary. Thank you so much. Whew. Okay. Look. How did Davis do? I think Beals. he did great. I think he actually did so well it was kind of boring. That's uh -huh. my fear. What do you uh -huh. that, that was my take. It was just like yeah. he did a that perfectly solid job. It happens. Yeah. It might have been boring. It's possible the game was poorly designed. No, we have to no, consider no. that as well. I don't know. Guys, we didn't come here to play Papal Challenge. No, we didn't. We really didn't. <laughs> we came here to debate. Good. Debate and the I've, issues. I've got an issue that I think we should debate. Great. Let's hit okay, it. cool. Let's go. I think there's something we need to discuss, and I'd like you guys to discuss it. All right. Now, this is a topic that was recently... Um, submitted to us by the listener Evan S. Um, 
but we've before gotten, I get into it, yeah. Well, yeah. Before I get into it, I I want to just say that it's that we had a variation of this topic a while back, a good um, a good year ago, um, from listener Michael A. So I want to give a shout out to both Michael A. and Evan S. But we're going to use Evan S.'s version uh, of the top. Like and it. Healy's going to take the pro. Okay. And the topic is a basketball team would beat a hockey team at football. Okay. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Kinetic. That's the word for what hockey is. The puck is moving constantly. It is a game of constant movement. The drain on the athletes in a hockey game is extreme. I don't think there's another professional sport where they're changing lines every, like, 90 seconds, two minutes. Dave, how often is a... NHL line change. Yeah, it can be anywhere from 40 seconds to a minute and a half. But Healy, That's how exhausting and high tempo the play is. So the key factor here is going to be speed, uh, agility, recovery time, and basketball players have that. They're out there pounding it. Football players are much less likely to have that. Big guys, jacked guys, not as nimble. They have a lot of strength and a lot to offer, but they're just not going to be able to keep up with the pace of play in a hockey rink. So... Hold on a second. You're arguing for the basketball team, and you're saying that because hockey players exert themselves for like 30 to a minute at a time, that that's a strike against them? No, Is, basketball players will be better. Basketball, They'll be faster. Okay. Um, I'm not sure why you believe that. There's basically uh, one of the few consensus in sports is that there's nothing more grueling on an endurance level than the Stanley Cup playoffs. Most people agree, uh, experts, athletic experts agree that like the two most grueling things that you can do are compete. Wait, we're debating basketball versus football, right? I just no. want to make sure. I have basketball. Oh, sorry. Back up then. No, no. You, we a are, basketball no, no. team. Yeah. A he, basketball. Would you like to begin again? No. Just, what's just, the topic? The topic is a basketball team would beat a hockey team at football. Okay, sorry. I thought it was a basketball team would beat a football team at hockey. No, Healy, no. Should we start again? What do you want to no, do? No, no, yeah. keep going. Okay. So a basketball team would beat a hockey team at football. Yes, definitely. A basketball team would beat a hockey team at football. Why? <laughs> Speed, agility, same things I was saying. <laughs> These guys are tall. They're, they, they can just <laughs> do the work. The football team is not going to... There is no that. football team. The hockey team, they're not prepared to do this. The, the hockey team Wait. is so much more prepared to do this than a basketball team for a number of reasons. As I was sort of saying already, the Tour de France and the Stanley Cup playoffs are the most grueling endurance testing feats of athleticism that any man can go through, or at least like sort of in the you know northern hemisphere or whatever. So basically, like the very fact that they are that like the uh, hockey is dri the the way that you play hockey is like large spurts of energy and then you rest for a while. Well, that's what football is. Football is based on like everybody get to the line and then for 10 seconds you go as hard as you can and then you get like 40 seconds to recover. That much more uh, simulates the pace and flow of hockey than it does basketball. Now, there's a huge advantage also that hockey teams have, which is that they get an extra player. 
So there's six hockey players versus five basketball players. Or if you're talking about the whole roster, you get maybe, depending on how many like injuries there are, you're talking about 10 or something, 10 to 12 for a basketball team, whereas a hockey team has four lines of three plus six defensemen. It's about 20, 21 players. So I don't know exactly how we want to break this down, but in short, hockey player, at least there's at least one more player out there, which is an enormous advantage. Yes, the basketball players have something of a height advantage, but it's not that enormous. Dano Char is six foot nine, and he's an incredible athlete. You stick him at tight end, it's going to be uh, unreal. Also, the way that hockey is played, I would argue, is slightly more driven towards offense and defense and drawing up plays the way that football is as opposed to basketball which is a little more which is less about advancing the ball as it is like trying to get into open space that's not what football is about football is about trying to move the puck for trying to move the ball forward the same way that you're trying to move the puck forward they even just like the very idea of offsides is something that is present in both hockey and football that's not in basketball okay Guys, if you are team basketball, I'm sorry that I let you down with my opening argument, was confused on the topic, let Dave just have a minute or so of pummeling away at me, apologize for that. Unfortunately, Dave, in a typical rope-a-dope situation, Dave shot all his ammo, and now I'm going to win the debate. Picture what's really going down. A basketball team is playing a hockey team at football, correct? I've got that right? Dan? Yes. Okay. Yes. Finally, this have the topic. This is going right. to be huge. People are going to be preparing for this, thinking about it, getting ready for it. And they're going to know, like, this is ultimately going to become a game of chess. Because how is the hockey team going to prepare? How is the basketball team going to prepare? How are they going to use their strengths and their weaknesses? The basketball team knows everything Dave just said. Everything Dave just said is something every sports fan knows. It's obvious. But what it's going to come down to is thinking. In basketball, here's what I see. Steve Kerr. Greg Popovich, Doc Rivers, Brad Stevens. I, a non-NBA fan, can name four coaches who are considered outstanding, very brilliant, strategist, tactical players, articulate guys. I can't name a single NHL coach. There isn't one of any standing. The basketball guys are going to think through this problem, and what goes down is going to be a weird, freakish, one-off event, and the basketball team is going to win because they're going to have gamed it better because that's what basketball is. It's the game. It is the street game. It is the game people are talking about. It is the game where the sharpest minds the greatest athletes are going and the basketball team is going to outgame the hockey team the idea that that somehow basketball players are going to be better because you can't name a hockey coach is so preposterous what does that have to it's only because you don't like hockey it has nothing to do with how good hockey coaches are what you did was you named a bunch of like um basically current and former point guards who are sort of like court visionaries but those exist as well in hockey there's great playmakers Sidney crosby for example is like he's the equivalent of whoever you named like these people are able to see the field just as well if not better than basketball players are and the idea that like somehow bas like basketball players are more articulate than hockey players is a both hugely disputable and be irrelevant. I mean, most hockey players are bilingual, but that doesn't have to fucking matter when it comes to playing football. Like, these, these aren't going to be the important criteria. What's act but here's an important thing, actually, is like, w one of the things that you need as a football team are linemen, and hockey players are much more physical than basketball players. They're much more well-built 
to be linemen, also you have like more, um, you, you, you're gonna stick, basically your defensemen are gonna become your linemen, your offensive and defensive linemen. Your wingers are gonna be your, your position players, like your running back, your wide receiver, your quarterback. And then your centers is gonna be, you know, your tight ends and those, and um, or arguably also the quarterback. Like it just seems to match up pretty well. For, by, and again, there's gonna be six players on the field. So you have 20% more players on the hockey team than on the basketball team. It's kind of like, how could you lose? Anytime you have two on one on a football field, you're going to win. Just picture that, that there's like two linemen, a quarterback, two receivers, and then the other team has their five defensemen, and then the hockey team gets an extra guy. It's six on five. How could they possibly lose? I want the listeners to really picture this event. Take yourself there. And it's kind of ill-defined in how we're debating it because it could be anywhere from like a high school team to like an NHL team. They could be meeting on the playground. They could be meeting in, uh, you know, uh, whatever, the biggest stadium in the country. They Wembley Stadium in the UK is where they've decided to have this match. Okay. However, you, however you slice it, think <laughs> about how it's going to develop. Think about the players going there. Think about whether, okay, is it going to be like NFL rules with refs or are we going to be playing touch football? It's a little unclear, I think, in the topic. But from either end of it, the guys are going to show up there thinking, okay, yeah, Hockey players obviously are stronger and bigger and they're in a physical game. So the basketball players are going to have to play this differently. Are they going to figure out how to do that? Yeah, that's what basketball is about. It's about adapting, adjusting. You've got amazing athletes, intelligent leadership. The basketball guys are gonna come up with a David versus Goliath strategy because of everything Dave said. They know everything Dave said. Everything Dave said is first thought and obvious, but what are they gonna do? They're gonna figure out the game. Okay, I think we got to move on to closing statements because you just spent 60 seconds like asking the viewer to picture an event that you didn't even know how to picture yourself. Are well, there going to be NFL refs? We don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Dave, that's just because I didn't want to manipulate the debate. Like, I mean, I could, hi unfortunately, I had to account for every possibility. But however you picture this, if you want to picture it at a small scale or a huge scale, it's going to be a game of the mind. It's not going to be a game of the body. It's going to be a game of strategy, not a game of physicality. And that's why it's going to be a basketball washout. Okay. I, first of all, totally disagree with you. Football is still, for the most part, about toughness. It is about, it is war. It is absolutely about putting your hands on another person and being more physically dominant than the other person. The game is won in the trenches at the line of scrimmage. And especially when you're talking about players who are not experts who do not have experience, for example, throwing a ball 10 yards. This is going to be a run offense. It's going to be a run defense. You're not going to have wide receivers running 20-yard patterns that the quarterback's going to throw because nobody has the expertise to throw a ball 20 yards on a banana hook out pattern. It's going to come down to toughness. It's going to come down to who's stronger. And hockey players are notoriously the toughest athletes. They're the ones who get their teeth knocked out and come back and play the second period. They're the ones who play the whole Stanley Cup playoffs and then you find out afterwards they were playing with a broken wrist or a fractured femur. These are the most animalistic, hardcore driven athletes of the four major sports and that's why they're going to win the football game. Oof. Heels, do you have a closing statement? I'm going to throw it to Medeeds. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know here. I wasn't overwhelmed with either argument. 
Mm. I got nothing. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Man, that was one of my most talking out of my butt performances ever. I mean, I'm, it was. There must be good it, arguments well, out there, but I didn't know of any. <laughs> no, but the, the problem is, like, I don't. I mean, Dave, like, I get more people in the field, physicality. I guess I gotta give it to you. I wanted something more than the obvious here. Dave, what would you say is the best? More. What What's the best argument that I left on the table for basketball? For me, maybe. sorry to interrupt, Dave. Yeah. For me, the best argument is that basketball players are running constantly. Sure, and, yeah. And hockey players are skating. But I mean, and maybe there's something <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that's basically it is that, like, you, if you picture a play, it's basically like hand the ball off to a basketball player and he's going to outrun a hockey player, hopefully. And because uh-huh. it's like five on six or five on five or whatever. <laughs> it's just about getting I mean, into open space. Within a couple minutes, all the basketball players are going to be in the hospital, right? Everyone's going to be in the hospital. <laughs> are, how big are hockey players? You know, they're not know. that they're pretty big. Guys. That they're like, I thought they were kind of like little guys. I remember guys on my NHL 99 and 94 who were like 220 or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, I think basketball players are definitely obviously taller and probably on average maybe 10% you know, bigger and meatier, must more muscular or something. That's got to, I mean, uh-huh. maybe. I don't is know. It, is it possible the dude who submitted this topic is British and he meant soccer? Interesting. No. I kind uh-huh. of feel like, on, if I'm being honest, I kind of think something happened when, when, I, when we started being the Pope and we just never quite came back from there. <laughs> For sure. It got weird, you know. <laughs> it was too much, probably. It was fun, but it was like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't quite know how to play it. The answers were you too know, long. You, you know what happened is that host chat actually got quite real and mm. deep. And yeah. then there was no mm. point. We didn't need it. Sorry. Game. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <sighs> we went to, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we <laughs> forgot what long June was all about. Which uh, was sometimes. Like enjoying yourself, relaxing. Uh, well, look, we took a break. You know, maybe we got uh, rusty, but I'm excited to be back in the studio. I'm excited to be in Long June. I'm excited to be in the studio. I'm excited to be you guys' friends. Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited that there's listeners out there. And I'm excited to see you all next week on The Great Bits. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.